1: Hey there, Buffalo Bills fans. Welcome back to Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast here on buffalorumblings.com and everywhere else you go to get your fine Bills-related podcasts. As you know by now, my name is John Boccasino, being joined as I always am by my co-host, Jamie D'Amico. We are trying to get you through the off-season of Buffalo Bills news, rumors, and speculations. And, uh, Jamie, we're going to continue with the... Uh, some pretty fun rampant rumor mill speculation on this week's episode. Uh, but before we dive into our topic, how do you? Uh, how are you doing these days?
2: Uh, you know, no complaints on this end, although I have to tell you, I'm spending way too much time on Twitter, constantly refreshing, waiting for news of any kind to come down. And the downside is it's, it's a big time suck because most of the time we're just waiting. We're not actually getting new <laughs> news.
1: Yeah, there, it is definitely not, um, and, and, and that's one of the places, I, I mean, you know my feelings on Twitter, it's kind of a necessary evil uh, when it comes to trying to stay informed, you know, with what's going on in the football world and the world in general, and you can get a lot of good uh, speculation and rumor talk uh, from the, the Bills beat writers that you follow the most, and hopefully you're following Jamie and myself on Twitter, Jamie is at the Jamie D'Amico. And I am at John Boccasino and uh, here this week on the podcast, Jamie, let's start off with the two big rumors, Uh, one that started percolating a couple of days ago uh, and one that really caught fire last night with a tweet from an ESPN reporter. They involve two, I'd say, fairly big name uh, targets that Brandon Bean could be going after. One has been confirmed Um, The Bills are going to be visiting with six-time pro bowler defensive end Calais Campbell uh, sometime next week. That's official. And the other is speculation right now, but he's fueled the speculation with some pretty vague Instagram comments about being a Buffalo soldier and it's wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins, who would have to be acquired via a trade with the Arizona Cardinals. Now, we mentioned, Jamie, when the offseason started, the Bills were not going to make a sexy splash in free agency by bringing in a D-hop because he's owed roughly you know, $20 million per year and the Bills don't have that money. But there's been some pretty reliable rumors out there, if you will, from credible sources that the Cardinals are potentially willing to eat a lot of DeAndre Hopkins' salary, which would make a trade more palatable. What are your thoughts on possibly acquiring Hopkins to team up with Diggs and give Josh Allen a lethal 1-2 combo?
2: The thought of a DeAndre Hopkins on the Buffalo Bills is exciting, incredibly exciting. But I think a lot of that has to do with what is stuck in my brain is the 2017 through 2019 DeAndre Hopkins that looked like a first ballot Hall of Famer. Now, this guy is still a great receiver. At least he was a few years ago. He hasn't played a full season in the past two years. There's been both injury and PED suspensions along the way. So if it is the D-hop that we saw before the injuries, I'm thrilled about it, especially in the short term. If this is a guy who's slowing down and is going to be a salary dump, well... Now I'm not so sure because the other thing you have to take a look at is even if the Cardinals eat a lot of the salary, you're going to have to probably renegotiate a new contract with the guy. And I'm a little concerned that the Bills are pushing too much of their payments down the road with things like void years that are just a travesty on the salary cap eventually. I don't know. Is this the right off season to bring in a guy
1: like this? You tell me, John. Well, here's my thought, and I think you're absolutely right to be cautious when it comes to Hopkins and his health. And now in perspective, uh, the last two years, he has taken a bit of a step back. He's missed 17 games combined due to both injury and suspension. And his 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 stat line is not that overly impressive. It comes out to twelve hundred and eighty nine receiving yards, eleven touchdowns and 106 catches again with the durability issues. Before that, he um, in the seven seasons before that, he surpassed 1,100 receiving yards six times, caught nearly 100 passes in five seasons, and was clearly one of the most dynamic and lethal wide receivers in the game. The injuries have to be factored in for sure as does the salary cap situation because whatever team acquires Hopkins on the surface is bringing in 34.3 million in salary cap commitment over the next 2 years. He's due roughly 19.45 in 23 and roughly 15 million in 24. Now, there's ways that that cap figure can get finagled, but the biggest way would of course be if the Cardinals agree to eat a large portion of that salary in exchange for a higher draft pick. And here's my thought, Jamie. Originally, I was very gun shy about this type of move because the Bills only have six picks coming up in the draft, Mm -hmm. starting, of course, with pick number 27. And I thought there were greater areas of need um, for this team to go after, more specifically being the middle linebacker void created with Tremaine Edmonds going to Chicago, and weaknesses along the offensive line in general. But with Buffalo signing Connor McGovern, adding David Edwards, who's a very versatile guard, on a team-friendly one-year deal earlier in the week, the Bills have done enough, in my opinion, to at least entertain the notion of maybe, okay, if if, if there's a sexy splash out there that's going to push this team over the top, let's go for it. And I feel like this is almost like the year that the Rams... You know, trade it for Jalen Ramsey, trade it for Von Miller. You do that knowing that your future is going to be depleted some with a lack of resources. If the Bills are able to get the Cardinals to chew on and consume a lot of the money that Hopkins is owed, I am fine throwing a third round pick as high as a third round pick to the Cardinals to get DeAndre Hopkins, because I feel like he still has enough left in the tank. He's clearly motivated to get that Super Bowl championship because he's never won a title. And just imagine now if you could shift Gabe Davis to the three spot and have Davis, have Diggs and Hopkins as your one and your two, with Davis as your three, Khalil Shakir as your four, you know, Trent Sherfield or Deontay Hardy competing at the back end of the room for reps with a healthy Dawson Knox fully focused on football. That's a scary offense, man.
2: I agree, especially if they if they block for Josh Allen. That, that is a good-looking offense, and there's only so many footballs to go around, but I feel like you tend to not be overly concerned about that when you're in an arms race. But here's the thing. I'm, I'm not trying to throw cold water on the idea, but if you're giving up a third-round draft pick, that is a potential starter under a cost-controlled contract That is going to be on the team for four years. When it comes to a roster construction standpoint, are you in a position where you can give up these high draft picks for a guy who couldn't possibly be on the team for more than three years and is probably going to take a step back each season?
1: It's a risk. I mean, and, and and Jamie, I'm glad you bring up the, the future uh, assets and the, the salary cost, because I did want to mention one more factor that I was just reading about um, on spot track on this possible scenario. Um, there is a way and you I know you hate this because, again, it, it's kicking the can down the road, but apparently there is a way that whatever team brings in Hopkins could reduce his 23 base salary to the veteran minimum amount, convert the rest of the deal into a signing bonus and add three void years to the Ugh. back end of the contract, which I know that's your kryptonite. You don't like the void year concept. I hate void years. And, and rightfully so. The Bills have been kicking the can down the road you know, for quite some time. But to win a Super Bowl, if you're able to get Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, that would bring his cap hit to a $4.8 million figure in 23, which is very, very manageable for what the Bills are looking at, especially, we haven't even talked about this, but the other elephant in the room is Ed Oliver, the defensive tackle, who has been hinting that his best days are not going to be in Buffalo and that he might be playing for a, a rival team. And if the Bills are able to trade away At Oliver, I know that creates another void and vacancy, but maybe that's where Mm -hmm. Calais Campbell uh, comes into play. Maybe that's where some of the other veteran DTs struggling to find a home come into play, because then you're freeing up more than $10 million with Oliver's departure. So it's a lot easier to swallow 4.8 for Hopkins, especially given the fact that you do know what Hopkins' potential is. Can be. I mean, he absolutely can be a game changing wide receiver that takes all the pressure mm-hmm. off of Diggs.
2: Well, I, I mean, all you really need to look at is that, that that, reception he had over three Buffalo defenders in the end zone to give Arizona the win a couple of years ago. Those are the things he can do. And what did the quarterback, um, oh, what is this, the quarterback's name? Ah, Arizona. Oh, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray, thank you. Kyler Murray, when interviewed after the game, said, I don't know, he down there somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the kind of receiver that he is. He can make a play on on balls like that. And the other thing that I like about Hopkins is he's a a slightly bigger receiver than a a lot of what the Bills have. Gabe Davis has pretty good size, but I personally like bigger bodied receivers. Uh, I think that it so many defensive backs are a little undersized. Um, but I, at the same time, I question is that the type of receiver that the Bills tend to gravitate toward? It seems like they are after guys that can get open by wide margins. And D Hop is the kind of guy who he's open even when he's covered. So it would mean that there's a little bit of a shift in philosophy of, hey, He's not going to be open by three yards. He's going to have a guy right on his hip, but he's going to use his size and his strength to fend that person off in order to make the reception. I think Josh Allen can work with that just fine. You know, I, but it, it is, it would be a shift in philosophy as to the type of receiver that they're bringing in.
1: I agree. And I feel like, you know, we, we've talked about the issue that the bills receivers had, you know, with the drops and creating separation and getting yards after the catch. But I feel like very quietly, Brandon Bean has addressed those needs with the underrated signing of, of Trent Sherfield away from the Miami dolphins, who is a great speedster, who has a lot of potential to both, you know, as a slot receiver or a boundary wide out, um, stretch the defense and get those big chunk plays after making catches along with Deontay Hardy. You know, he brings a lot of the same thing. And you know what? Like if if you've got a D hop and a digs out wide, the middle of the field is going to be prime for these receivers to run wild and, and make big plays after the catch. And I feel like this is exactly the type of bold move that being and the more I think about it, Jamie, the more I think it makes sense to do something where it's like, you know, and, and maybe my first offer was a little bit pie in the sky. Maybe it's more likely that you see the Bills partner up with the Cardinals and do a we'll trade you at Oliver and a fourth round pick for DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, if you're a Bills fan or a Cardinals fan, that seems like it's a pretty win-win trade because the Cardinals aren't winning right now with DeAndre Hopkins. They could get a young, promising DT like Ed Oliver, work out a contract extension, and it gives Buffalo exactly what they need, another dynamic weapon. I'm saying yes to that a 1,000 times over.
2: I I don't want to lose Ed Oliver. I, I think you got a guy who go is going into his contract here and is probably going to have his best season ever because he knows that that's what's going to make him money and it sure does seem like he is motivated by the almighty dollar doesn't it with the tweets he's been sending out and the Instagram posts
1: oh he's hungry man he's 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 thirsty as the kids would say to uh to get that big contract but here's the thing with that Oliver and like I've I've really enjoyed watching him bloom into the player that he is, but. Let's be honest, like Ed Oliver for what he's going to command after this year, I just don't necessarily know if it's worth it given Buffalo's defense and given what Buffalo has around when, when the bills needed at Oliver to be peak at Oliver, which was once Von Miller went down to me, it seemed like he came up small more often than not. And if I'm talking about paying my defensive tackle 15 plus million a year I need more than what Ed Oliver has given the Bills. Ed Oliver has been a very nice piece of the defense, but he's not justifiably worth what the contract that he's going to get on the open market. That's why I'm kind of leaning towards finding a way to deal Oliver for Hopkins and include a draft pick. If you're the Cardinals,
2: do you want to bring in a guy on a on an expiring contract? I. If you look at the NBA, they do that all the time. They... Teams take on sure. expiring contracts because it's part of their whole rebuild. So they would get this guy. He leaves as a free agent. They potentially, you know, get draft pick compensation for that.
1: If I'm the Cardinals, I do it because here's here's the numbers to give you some more perspective. And I was frantically googling You're while we were that. talking about this topic here. But if I on the fly research our crack team here over at Bill Eve, if the Cardinals make the deal, they would free up roughly $25 million in cap space. They would get a pretty manageable, pretty usable draft pick from the Bills. And, you know, you take a one-year flyer on a physical freak like Ed Oliver. If it works out, he's going to be forever indebted to the team that took a chance on him and got him out of Buffalo if he really wants to leave Western New York. And I'm sure they could work out a, a terms to re-sign him. So then you've got... Another valued piece on that defensive line to build around and you get rid of a potential headache in Hopkins who you know has never been a malcontent but if he sees Kyler Murray isn't going to be back this year and the Cardinals are trotting out you, whoever their backups might be I mean it almost seems like you're you're getting rid of one potentially bad situation bringing in someone who could use a change of scenery and I think it's a win-win for both teams
2: um you know, you. I think you kind of have me convinced at this point.
1: <laughs> and plus, Jamie, let me tell you this too, just to kind of keep you, uh, keep you going with the the convincing train here. I am very confident that the Bills could tab, say, Jack Campbell out of Iowa in the second mm-hmm. round, and find a a run-stuffing, run-clogging defensive tackle at pick number twenty-seven in the first round. I mean, I feel like the Bills. You, you can't find a DeAndre Hopkins without trading up in the first round to like in the top 10 to 12 picks. I mean, they're not going to get the Ohio State kid, JSN, at pick 27. You're going to have to trade up and give up a lot of capital to make a move like that. You've got a chance to free some cap space to pick up a Hopkins-type guy. And again, I have a lot more confidence that Buffalo can fill the voids at Mike Linebacker and defensive tackle through the draft than I can what's remaining out there in free agency. That's just my my honest now, opinion on it.
2: That is a topic that we will certainly be getting to at some point, the draft. But uh, I do want to give a word of caution here. It's not a great draft for Mike linebackers. The majority of them are uh, off-the-ball coverage linebackers. So – um the bills would have to really know what they're about to get themselves into as far as potentially even trading up for one of those guys, like a, like a Campbell who you mentioned.
1: Yeah. And, and, and and we will definitely touch on the linebacker uh, core of, of prospects out there. And also if, if this, if this trade does happen, what direction the bills could go with their defensive tackles, but I just feel like it's too good to pass up. Here's the thing, Jamie, as a lifelong Cubs fan, The Cubs in 2016 traded away some of their top prospects for the chance to get a role as Chapman and make a run for the World Series. And I know it doesn't always work out that way, but when it does, you are so happy that you traded away future assets to win it all right now. And I feel like there's an arms race that's being created in the AFC where all the top talent is coming over if the Bills got a chance to make this move and add a game changer on offense to me, again, it's just a no brainer for Brandon Bean, as long as it's not like his second round pick. If you're trading at Oliver, I think a fourth round pick should suffice or to, to make this deal, get across the finish line. That's just me.
2: I, I think it should be even lower than that.
1: Maybe even a fifth would make it happen. In that case, I would be ecstatic would, yeah. with that.
2: In which case that would be cool. As long as you can backfill the position.
0: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S Y L V A N 29.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA a member FDSE.
1: Well, Jamie, speaking of, of backfilling, there's another uh, hot name and a hot rumor that came out pretty late Friday night, uh, ESPN reporter Tiffany Blackman uh, first confirmed that there is a a visit that's taking place between the Buffalo Bills and very talented, decorated defensive end Calais Campbell, who is going to be meeting up with Buffalo's brass sometime next week at one Bills drive. Campbell has already had visits with the Jaguars and the Falcons, and he's going to be visiting with the Bills and the Jets Uh, in the days to come. What are your thoughts on Buffalo, especially if they find a way to trade? I know they're not the same position, but Campbell can play. Um, He's a versatile guy on the defensive line. Um, He's someone who could easily step in and, and, and pick up, where the Bills need a hole filled on their defense with the, his, his penetration, his gap penetration, his persistence after the quarterback. Campbell still has something in the tank, even at age 36. What do you think about the Bills going after a potential guy like Calais Campbell? To me, it's a depth signing. Now, he has he's had a
2: great career, but he's not the player that's putting up 14 and a half sacks anymore you know which is what he did in uh 2017. He was a a pro bowler basically every year from 2014 to 2020. But he's old. I mean, let's face it. The guy's long in the tooth and the the Baltimore Ravens are a very intelligent franchise. Now, granted they're doing some weird things when it comes to getting their quarterback back in the uh in the fold here, but You know, the guy has been in the NFL for 15 years at this point, and the Ravens are not known for letting go of players who have something left in the tank. So going into his age 37 season, I would say this is the kind of guy who you put on the field not expecting him to give you more than say, 50% of the snaps. But that's how the Bills like to play it. And, you know, if you can get a good team-friendly deal, this is a guy who probably is looking at this as his last opportunity to make a Super Bowl run, probably wants that. He spent the majority of his career for bad teams in Arizona and Jacksonville. He went to Baltimore because he saw it as an opportunity to win. He's a classy guy. He's 6'8", 300 pounds. Uh, He's probably very good at doing what the bills require of their defensive ends which is keeping the quarterback in the pocket. I I would think that this would be a good signing, but are we if we sign this guy are we taking playing time away from somebody who potentially needs to be on the field this year so they can be a good player next year and I'm thinking of draft picks. When I think about that.
1: Well, I feel and I agree. I think there's a concern to be had for sure. But Campbell has already taken on a mentor role both in Baltimore and he worked closely with uh, Greg Rousseau to mentor and get Buffalo's talented young defensive end um, some 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 tips, some pointers, if you will. Mm -hmm. So I feel like he would embrace the mentorship role. And by the way, Campbell is extremely durable. I mean, I believe he's only he missed three Mm -hmm. games last year. But he, one of his traits you're going to get is someone who is out there who can play and doesn't take, you know, games or plays off. In fact, he's coming off his most productive sack season. Uh, he had five and a half sacks last year. Uh, That's his most productive sack uh, season since 2019. Um, He's incredibly reliable and durable, and he can still cause havoc along the defensive line. I think if the Bills get a good team-friendly deal, I love the Calais-Campbell move because, like you said, you can sprinkle in bodies and just go wave after wave of pass rushers and defensive ends to take the pressure off, especially knowing that Von Miller's not going to be back until probably Thanksgiving, uh, if not a little bit later, just given that the tendencies and the timeline yeah. for coming back from an ACL tear. That's not a quick process it, to recover from.
2: No, it's not. And the other thing is, an ACL tear is usually you're not full strength for about 18 months. So even when Von Miller gets back on the field, he's not going to be Von Miller before or the, from before the injury. We're not going to see that again until probably 2024.
1: It's fascinating what the Bills have to deal with, uh, with again, all these moving pieces. I will give Brandon Bean a lot of credit. He's made some very good, low risk, low cost maneuvers so far in free agency. And if you could find a way to bring in Campbell and possibly make the Hopkins trade under those parameters we outlined, I think it makes a lot of sense for the Buffalo Bills. Jamie, we are up against it here on this week's episode of Bill Leave. I want to thank you for coming on and sharing your insights, buddy. Always a pleasure talking to you. Hope everybody enjoyed it as much as we did. Bloviating (laughs) (laughs) this episode. Well, please get involved with us on social media. Again, Jamie is at the Jamie D'Amico. I am at John Boccasino. We thank you for listening to this week's episode of Bill Leave, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast. (laughs)